Hi, and welcome to the very first episode of the Keep Agile, Keep Farming podcast. It's really exciting to have the first one under our belt, and we're looking forward to hearing your comments. As you're probably aware, we are approaching a new decade. So in our opening episode, we thought it was only right to ask our international farming community friends what their predictions were for the 2020s. And we got some really thought-provoking responses, didn't we, Gwen? Yes, we did, and we will be hearing from representatives of seven different countries in a few moments' time. After that, we will also be looking at the analysis of other influencers and key decision makers with a global impact. Some really interesting insights from that too. They could potentially stimulate further discussion in some of our upcoming episodes. Last week, we were at an international animal production conference in Vienna, Austria, where we spoke to animal producers and consultants from different parts of the world. We took this opportunity to find out what they thought about some of the challenges of the 2020s for animal production in their countries. First of all, I spoke to Luis de Mate, who is a consultant for the Brazil agriculture market, and Livina Tambi, a vet who is active in Malaysia. Luis thinks that a greater understanding of factors influencing resilience is needed, and also mentions the importance of finding solutions to better support free-range systems. Alivinia believes that phasing out antibiotics in tropical climates such as Malaysia will continue to be a challenge. The big challenge in the future will be to deal with the complexity uh, that we need to to add in the animal system productions. Also, we need to, to know much more about resilience, to understand better the, the things uh, regarding resilience. And I would say that we need to understand how to phasing out the use of coccidiostats. This is something very, very important. Also, for example, when we're talking about um, freehand systems, inorganic systems, for, for example, and then we need to face the problems regarding parasites. And then... This is something that I, I, I think that we need to, to improve, we need to enhance in our, in our knowledge. And this is something that uh, we face some problems in the, in the field uh, regarding parasites, for example, in freehand systems. Because freehand systems, mainly in when we uh, are going through to the production of eggs, this is something very, very important to, to understand and to find solutions. Uh, the biggest challenge in the livestock industry would be uh, totally facing out the use of uh, AGPs. We're at the moment um, having a lot of efforts. We have a lot of efforts from the government and also the private agencies, private pharmaceutical, livestock pharmaceutical companies to face out the use of um, antimicrobials as growth promoters. However, uh, being an Asian country, a tropical climate, um, we have disease uh, all around the year, so it's a bit difficult to completely face it out at the moment, but hopefully we are going in the right direction with a more prudent use of antimicrobials, only um, with a proper justification from the veterinarian or the farm veterinarian, and also with the um, growing technology in nutraceuticals and um, hydrogenic uh, extracts of the natural products to actually help the animal cope with the uh, stresses of the environment and pathogens. We also spoke to some representatives from Europe and the US. Helmar Gerhardt, a consultant from Germany, 
feels that farm succession planning will be a key issue due to the reluctance of the younger generation to take on family farms with animal production. Lucas Stenci from Poland thinks that controlling manure production to fulfil environmental standards will be one of the major challenges for Poland. Addressing the US market, Peter Bergstrom focuses on the challenges driven by customer demand. I think in the next decade uh, we have to uh, uh, be aware that the reduction of nitrogen in the field means that the uh, pig producer have to reduce the number of uh, animals. Second, uh, the young generation don't like to overtake farms, especially in the animal production. So in, the, in comparison to the crop farmers, it's very tough to have a farm like this. And so um, we have to work in that, that we uh, uh, do a little bit to motivate the people. And the best idea is uh, solving the problems so that the life is a little bit more easier. And it seems to be that we could help in this case. We are expecting, I think, some changings, big changings for sure with um, uh, antibiotics usage on the farm. Both of the farms speaking about uh, poultries and, and swine, this is for sure. With poultries we are seeing some kind of potential possibility of reduction coxidiostat uh, because this is somehow as well antibiotic. So this is this is for sure impact on the climate uh, condition uh, about the changing it's as well make some influence we are thinking that in the near future amount of uh, manure per hectare or density of flocks will be more controlling by the government because this situation currently in Poland maybe it's regulated somehow but in many places the density is quite 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 big so they are going to try to reduce even further. So, but it's it depends about the area, of course. Uh, so we are seeing the the the, the, the potential uh, for sure with the uh, natural uh, product. This is this is absolutely for sure, uh, and we are seeing that market is looking for presenting new new solution for for that. In my opinion, if you look at the global trends, antibiotic-free programs, diets will continue to increase and they are already now quite big on the US market and the trend will certainly continue. This is driven by customer demand, not by legal action. Meat alternatives have been a lot on the, a lot on the topic, but we still believe that they uh, are going to stay fairly, fairly small. If we look, at, look on a global scale, there will certainly be always new disease challenges and once one challenge has been uh, conquered there will be another one coming up in some part of the world. Demand for protein will continue to increase. In certain developed countries probably not so much but in the less developed countries certainly protein demand will increase. Overall the animal nutrition industry will continue to concentrate into larger companies and the larger companies will will certainly continue with their vertical integration. Yeah, and finally, we, uh, the view from Colombia and Chile, which will be in Spanish. Firstly, we will be hearing from broiler producer Leonardo in Colombia and then from Alfredo, an egg producer in Chile. Leonardo thinks that in Colombia, the search for export markets to support further growth of the poultry industry in Colombia is really important. 
Whereas Alfredo says that finding a balance between economic success and request for higher biosecurity and quality standards is a challenge for Chile. Bueno, hablando de, de los desafíos que tenemos en la siguiente década en Colombia, pues considero que uno de los retos más importantes es eh, poder encontrar eh, un mercado adicional al local, porque a pesar de que nuestro consumo está en 33 kilos aproximadamente y podríamos tener un crecimiento adicional, si no existe un mercado externo, o sea, hablamos de exportación, eh, va, van a existir dificultades para la comercialización de, de la carne de pollo en nuestro país. Este año seguramente vamos a cerrar en, en más de 800 millones de pollos y el año entrante tendrá un crecimiento importante. Entonces, es necesario eh, tener... Eh, algunos puntos críticos como ser libres de Newcastle para poder liberarnos de estas barreras no arancelarias y poder buscar en un futuro mercados eh, en el exterior como ya lo han hecho otros países en Latinoamérica como Chile, Argentina y bueno Brasil que es pues, básicamente nuestro país. En Chile el mercado avícola, en particular la producción de huevos, está teniendo un exponencial crecimiento y desarrollo en comparación a años anteriores. En esta vía es fundamental y lo que grandes desafíos que tenemos es generar un equilibrio entre la obtención de buenos resultados productivos de, de nuestra ave, enfocándonos principalmente en la mantención de un estado sanitario, el uso de productos y materias primas correctas, el uso correcto de aditivos y en la obtención de mejores parámetros esperables para nuestra ave que nos permita producir lo que el mercado nos está demandando en este momento. So that's what some of our friends from the farming community have been saying. We're now going to take a look at what some of the key global influencers and decision makers have been saying about the new decade's challenges. Yes, for instance, the FAO, so that's the Food and Agricultural Organization of the United Nations, has released a report detailing how our industry can counter activism that helps to shape the perception of public has of agriculture. It says that as opinions are rapidly shared via social media and the wider web, we need to collectively take action on those same platforms to share the truth about ag production and counter misleading information, particularly in the livestock industry. Yep, there's certainly a lot of truth in that. I was only reading a tweet the other day where somebody was quoted saying, we're dealing with consumers who never cared so much or knew so little about where their food comes from. So basically, we need to bridge the communication gap between farm and fork. That's also something the American Farm Bureau is currently advocating. Yeah, well, thankfully, there are already quite a lot of farmers who caught on to that and are actively telling their stories, not only on Twitter, but also on Facebook and YouTube. I just read in a recent Bloomberg article that some farmers with something like 300,000 YouTube subscribers can make more money advocating for the industry on social media than actually farming. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, talking about making money, uh, Helmar from Germany already touched on this problem earlier, actually. Um, the younger generation seem quite reluctant to stay on the farm and make a living from farming. And on top of that, 
there are reports highlighting the increase in the shortage of qualified farm workers in several countries. This was also mentioned in that report of the FAO. Earlier this year, at the IPPE in Atlanta, there were discussions on the lack of quality labourers being a major problem in the US poultry industry. So having enough people to work on farms as well as in companies supporting farm businesses could be a real challenge moving into the next decade. Yes, definitely. What is worse, agriculture is an aging industry. For example, a census carried out by the United States Department of Agriculture in 2017 revealed that the average age of 3.4 million US farmers is 57.5 years and only 8% of farmers were younger than 35 years of age. And I also looked at some Eurostats, um, so statistics from 2016, and they show that one third of 10.3 million farm managers in the EU were 65 years of age or more. So it looks like in the US and EU countries, many farmers will be hanging up their pitchforks within the next 10 years. And that means there's a real need for younger people to get their hands dirty and step into farming. And if they're not inheriting the farm, it can be quite difficult to start farming to find the capital and resources to do so. Yeah, and something that I found quite interesting looking at the figures from Eurostats was that Austria has the highest percentage of farmers under the age of 40 years in the European Union. In Austria, that means 22%, whereas the EU average for the farmers under 40 was only 11%. And the United Kingdom was at the bottom three of the EU countries, with only 5% of farmers being under the age of 40 years. So it will be fascinating to hear more views on how labour shortages and succession planning can be managed in farming over the coming decade from guests on future Keep Agile, Keep Farming episodes. So what about resilience? Um, Is this a topic that will be gaining more attention in the 2020s, do you think? Well, considering the number of research groups in different parts of the world currently involved in research projects focusing on how we can support and improve the resilience of animals, plants and whole farm systems, I think this is going to be one of the key challenges the industry will be tackling over the next 10 years. I guess this will be great news then for global food security if by the end of the next decade we could say our animals and farm systems are more resilient compared to this decade. Absolutely. If you consider that the demand for food and other agricultural products is projected to increase by 50% globally between 2012 and 2050, plus taking into account the challenges that we just heard are awaiting us in animal production over the next decade, you could say that finding ways to influence and improve resilience in farm animals and farming systems is an important key to support food security in the coming decade in a sustainable way. And in support of this, an EU-wide group of scientists from 16 universities and research institutes from a total of 11 European countries are currently working together under the project name SureFarm. They believe that to become truly resilient, farm businesses require adaptability and transformability. Now, to simplify that a little, adaptability in agriculture means adjusting your behaviour to the changing environment, whereas transformability means being able to create a brand new system if necessary. 
Yes, this is why we created our Keep Agile, Keep Farming podcast as a source of inspiration for farmers to actually try out new things and become more adaptable to change. Well, I can't wait for our next episode. And if you feel the same way, then please sign up to our newsletter to find out the release of our second episode. I am Nick. And I'm Gwen. We are your hosts and look forward to keeping you agile and keeping you farming.